Are you happy? Magic Seeds takes a good look at everyday challenges and gives solid advice on how to navigate through them, be it relationships, career, parenting, or just not feeling happy inside. I'm Dr. Adam Grise. And I'm Laura Grise. Please join us weekly to discuss everyday situations that seem to be getting in the way of feeling happy and peaceful. We'll provide magic seeds and a reliable roadmap for you to follow to stay on a healthy path for your life. Welcome back to Magic Seeds. Today, well, Laura, tell us what we're talking about. Today, we are talking about coping strategies. So life, it's ups and downs, and we need a way to move through this and be mobilized. Whether we're feeling anxiety or sadness, anger or fear, or even just feeling like life is out of control, we need something to move through it. We always go to the negative ones like sadness, anger, fear, but it's even when we're hyper excited. True. Coping is how to stay on the line, right? How to stay in our lane and we can lose that lane in all directions. Absolutely. I think I mentioned this in recording before, but I had read this, I think it was an ancient proverb, but it had said that the old saying, this too shall pass. And we always associate that with the bad, right? When somebody is going through something really bad, oh, this too shall pass. But the proverb was referring to the good. So even when you're in your high, to remind yourself that this too shall pass, and that is a really good thing, good tool for me, that even in my highest of high, I have to remember that this moment will pass and not to get too carried away and too attached to it. That's the perfect drop-in for today because- What you're describing there, right? Like, what is this? This too is an outcome, right? Whatever we're dealing with, whatever is front and center, and it could be in our physical world, it could be what's in our mind, right? It could be a physical pain, it could be anything that is coming up into our experience. It's like the harvest, right? And no matter what, life is not about the harvest as much as our mind makes the life about what is this? What did my life produce? Because that's what's on display in this moment, it's going to pass. Not only is it going to pass, it will decompose and it will be something that you can, if you know how to cope, you can repurpose it for your growth. And that harvest, it is really easy to form attachments around it. And we're going to, and it's not even like you want to hang on to it. I don't even think it's unhealthy to develop the initial attachment. And I don't even call it an attachment then it's just an engagement. It's like in a marriage, like you want to commit to it, right? Right. Like that's nothing wrong with that. And in that you're going to get intertwined. Nothing's wrong with that. You can't try to keep it so clean that you never have the interaction. And you want to enjoy. Right. You just want to enjoy the You don't want life to be sterile. Like you want to mix it up and that's going to happen. So knowing that we're going to get entangled with life, with our thoughts, with the events of our life, with our situations, the question becomes, how do we not get stuck there? Exactly. How do we mobilize? How do we mobilize? Right. And that's the coping. And then you realize where we're pulling from the way that we have a process, a system that helps us and what we work with patients and people in general, how to move through our lives in a way that keeps us going through that birth, growth, maturation, decay, death, rebirth process. The cycle. The cycle of life. And as long as you can mobilize through that cycle, you continue to come out and have new rebirth and life is hopeful again. And it's just understanding, we base it on Chinese medicine, and it's you know, kind of what I learned way back in school. And it was based on these Taoist philosophies of just observing the order of nature. 
and that we're born from nature. So if there's an order to nature, we probably should follow that same order. It's probably manifesting within us. It just makes sense. I remember when you were first teaching me the the cycle and I kept on saying, wait, wait, so what is summer here? What What is spring? And that is it. You start saying, huh, what does summer consist of? What does spring consist of? And that's what we want to kind of talk about today. It's very formulaic and sequential, right? We know that spring is followed by summer, is followed by the harvest, is followed by autumn, is followed by winter, and then it goes round and around. And when you tap into that sequential order and understand what's being asked for, what is the nature of spring? What has to happen in spring in a healthy, balanced way that produces a healthy summer? And then what has to happen in summer in a healthy way to move forward? And when dis-ease, unhealth, when dysfunction ensues within a given phase, it starts breaking down that cycle. And all of a sudden, subsequent cycles aren't as great. They don't allow us to tap into our energy. They don't allow us to tap in to what we want to manifest in life. But that's okay, because then in the harvest, you take a look at all of that, and you see that it's not necessarily the greatest or it's the rotten fruit, and you accept it and you release it for the fall, right? It's okay for it to not be It's totally okay. It's totally okay because when you do take stock in the harvest of Mm -hmm. what was produced and you allow yourself to let go of the residual emotions and feelings around it, you'll be left with these broken down nutrients that Mm -hmm. you can repurpose for your next round of growth as you try to improve your life in some way, right? Try to give a better platform to express your true nature. Right. All for personal growth. All to come back to you. That's it. It all comes back to you. And just knowing how to deal with, how to cope with what's being asked for in every moment ensures that we mobilize, that we keep it moving. And we do get to use our experiences for our growth rather than getting stuck somewhere along the way. So we want to show you today the way it looks of where we all get stuck and the system that we use we're applying for growth, it's applicable to any person, any situation at any time in our lives. And you're not just going to get it, right? And if you have problems, if our listeners have a problem with it, to feel free to just reach out and we could talk to people about it because you're not going to just get it. But we're using today to put it out there and to allow people to at least start thinking about the cycle. Right. Instead of us fixating on the situations we're stuck in, we start focusing more on what is being asked for to help me cope in this moment that can move me forward in this process so I can finish the cycle and come back around and start improving my life. So let's just start. I mean, it kind of makes sense. We always think of spring as the first, but when we work with people, we always start with the harvest because it's kind of dumping out your life on the table. Like, where are you at now? But We'll start with spring, but just realize for everyone out there, we always start, and I think we even spoke about this on one podcast. It's actually a good idea to start with that because it just makes sense because when our listeners, they can dump out their stuff and look at it and start from there, it's okay for them. Yeah, but life starts from knowing who we are. And yes, the actual process will start with just taking stock. Right. But I want to start with when we come in, And for this day, this moment, there's only one moment, it's right now. And the biggest question is, are we aligned with our truth in this moment? Okay. Because if we're not, how are we supposed to make decisions on what direction we want to go? 
And how are we supposed to even be in the stillness to figure out, even if we know who we are, what have we learned from our past that we want to apply moving forward? So even if I know I want to be a professional baseball player, well, I have to take stock of, okay, what's required for that even, right? And knowing not just what decisions, what I want to go for, but what are the first steps to take? And so it's hard to do that when we're filled with angst or Mm -hmm. grief or fear and insecurities and anxiety. And that's why we always start harvest because it leads us into the autumn and you have to release that stuff before we can move forward. But if we're trying to figure out who we are in this life, if you find yourself in a marriage and you feel like you've lost yourself, or maybe you got married as a response to just feeling you want someone to be with or you want children, And now it's 10, 15, 20, 30 years later, and you're like, huh, I never developed a sense of self first. Or you picked a job, a career, based on how to give yourself security, financial security, but you realize it's not an outlet for you expressing your true nature. Or any situation in your life, it could be your relationship with your parents, and you still feel you need to play a certain role, or they see you in a certain role, but you don't feel that role allows you to be your true self. Or you could just not feel right, like just not feel happy. You could sit there and say, something's off. Something doesn't feel right. There's a starting point. And if you're disconnected in that sense, it's going to be very hard to make decisions. And that's one of the first things I think of for dysfunction in spring. It's about creating structure and order for your expression to move forward through. And if we don't know, there's people out there, myself included, I couldn't make up my mind. (laughs) What did your friends and your family, they say that you walk on a fence because you couldn't make a decision? Right. It never felt right to me to dive in and identify or color myself in a certain way. We have a daughter like that as well, who has a very tough time. And that's my MO is to give her a choice of two things and that's it. Keep it very simple. And then she'll say, well, you made the decision right. for me. And I'll because say, absolutely not. When you're coming from that place, and I know a lot of people out there can sympathize with this. There's nothing intrinsically true for you. There's nothing that's like, it has to be a certain way. And when that happens and you're given a choice, There's nothing inside that says this one or that one. It's just, I don't know, this could be good or this one could be good. So therefore, I don't want to miss out what could be good instead of Mm. just being like, ooh, (laughs) I'm feeling right. (laughs) I mean, just ordering a meal at a restaurant. Uh, Yeah, the two of you. (laughs) (laughs) I don't feel like I'm like that anymore at all. Because you have your set menu at every restaurant. But (laughs) let's take you back in the day when you were a kid, when I didn't know you. You were probably a nightmare, just like (laughs) our daughter, not mentioning Uh any names. But it it even comes down to choosing a partner, right? Mm -hmm. Which for, um, I always knew I was waiting for a feeling. And that's why I didn't get married until I was 37. Because if I don't have that feeling, I have nothing to pull from. It's just a pro and con sheet at that point. So let me ask you something. Is the exact opposite, something like me, very flippant about making decisions? It doesn't matter. I make quick decisions. The opposite side of someone who doesn't have a healthy spring on the side where you get paralyzed, it's the person who is afraid of getting root, taking root. Because in the spring, think about what a plant will do, right? It's getting those roots set to support the growth. For some people, they feel so claustrophobic by digging in roots that they refuse. The second something feels not free-floating and fun and energetic and capricious, if you will, they reject it, they blow it up, 
because they feel like they're being anchored. And that's unhealth on the other way. Well, they'll just say, I want to float. And they'll do something for a short amount of time. They won't really follow through on it because they really don't want to build a root system. Describing me to a T. Right. Wow. And so these are coping mechanisms now. So it's like for someone like myself, the coping strategy was, Adam, we want to challenge you here to realize it doesn't matter what you choose, that what we choose in life will not define us. It's just giving us a chance to express our true nature. So on your end of it, you're not imprisoned by it. It can grow and it can change and you could repurpose it and use it for different reasons. Again, if you complete a cycle, you have a chance to start all over again. And I have a chance to grow roots. And you have a chance to grow roots. It's not that you don't want the benefits of a strong root system will ultimately produce fruit. It produces branches that actually extend really high out, hopefully into the sky, which is where you want to be. But the mind can't get past the, I have to go down in order to grow up. Absolutely. I just want to be up. I just want to be floating in the sky. I just want to be near the sun. I just want to be near the things happening. I want to be near the pollination process. But you get there by digging roots. Now, that has trouble making decisions, like myself, they'll say, I want it to be perfect. I want to make sure that what manifests on the branches of my tree are perfect. So I can't take the chance to just flippantly make a decision here. But again, the coping mechanism for all of it boils down to spring is just about giving yourself a chance to grow and ultimately learn. And it doesn't have to be a finished product. You're going to have many more rounds of modifications. It's like a writer. You write a rough draft. It might not even make sense. You don't, might, you don't even caring about syntax. And some people can't do that. It's like, no, I need it to be perfect and polished. It's like, just put out a rough draft. Then you'll take a step away from it. You kind of shake out your energy so you kind of have some fun, go and play. Then you come back to it and you read it and you're like, oh, I see what I was doing here. Oh, no, this doesn't really work. And oh, I should change this around. And then you make your second draft. And then it might be 10 drafts until you're even ready to let someone look at it to then get even the next round of modifications. The same amount of time. So when I ask you to get a plane ticket Mm -hmm. to go somewhere, and then I know that once I ask you, Friday through Sunday night is a complete waste because you are researching to a T. So there's a difference difference there. (laughs) How dare you? There's a difference. But that much time was wasted as opposed to you making a poor decision. Okay, so there are some things. The cleanup crew, like me. The middle ground is definitely there is analysis paralysis, right? And Uh that's what you're referring to here. But there are certain things that this is going to be a one-off. This isn't, oh, I'm going to, let's just buy a thousand dollar plane tickets (laughs) and then make, oh, I guess I chose wrong. I can get that for 250. (laughs) I don't think that applies. But the process of doing this to understand what's required to put in your due diligence, and then where does that stop then, Okay. right? Because I can sit there and be like, and never then make a decision. I've whittled it down. I have two pretty similar choices. And then I'm like, I don't know because- okay. That's where I come in and make the decision. Yeah. You have to have both sides. That's right. how you cope with a healthy spring. And a healthy spring sets you up for a healthy summer, right? Okay. So summer is about expressing your true nature letting your colors shine, right? If a flower grows well, if it has good structure and grows well in spring to the point where its petals open up in summer. And you're not afraid of it, no shame, right? Right, like this is me. And there might be plenty of, we'll call them just pollinators out there that once I reveal my true scent, they're like, eh. And maybe because we're humans, we can't even just be like, oh, no, thank you. People are gonna be like, ew, that scent smells. Uh Can we be okay with ourselves? to express our true nature, allow 
a certain percentage of life and maybe even all of life to reject our offering, but Mm. still open up our true nature to allow for the possibility that we will attract an aligned mate, if you will. And that's Mm. not in the true mate sense, but like it's even just putting out your resume for a job. It's like, this is me. And you could reject me, but this is who I am. So if this works, I know it's going to be a good fit. And so in summer, the coping mechanism becomes unabashedly putting yourself out there, dancing your true dance Uh, in front of people. As if no one's looking. But even better. As if everyone's looking. Everyone's looking and you don't care. (laughs) And then on the other side of it, right? Because there's always the two sides of health here in the lane. There's the left and the right. So the other side is, can I also, while I'm being my true self, have healthy boundaries? And that's part of that, right? If you tell me I suck and I have a boundary that says, well, I'm not going to judge myself. So that just bounces off me. That's Mm -hmm. part of the boundary. Part of the boundary is too, just that you're not going to accept any old pollinator. It has to be true for you. So if I say I like helping people and so I'm being my true self and I find someone that wants to dump their SHIT on me right? and they want to drag me and they want to drain my energy, they're just going to be an absolute energy suck for me to be like, huh? this doesn't work for me, right? I'm being my true self, but this isn't a mutually beneficial relationship. So thanks, but no thanks. That's Um, a very hard thing to do for some of us. That's a very hard thing to do. That's what we're going to find is that along this path, the cycle, there's all these little pit stops along the way, all these little mile markers that reveal certain coping mechanisms that are Mm -hmm. required to keep moving forward. And some of us get stuck in some areas and some in others. And some are like, why would you get stuck there? That makes no sense to me. But then you get stuck somewhere else. And there's Mm -hmm. no better or worse. There's no, oh, I'm more advanced. This is just about how can I come back home to my true self in a way that I've put myself in a position to grow and give myself a chance to express my true nature. And these coping mechanisms, you start realizing, oh, this is pretty simple stuff. Right. Putting up a boundary, we all talk about it, but right. it's really hard to do, right? Yes. Because how am I supposed to reject my mother or my father or my spouse or a child or my boss, even though I know they're toxic for me, right? That's really hard to That's do. It's a very difficult thing to do. What do you do if for your child, you have a child who's a drug addict and they're stealing from you and they're endangering you? I need to be my true self. My true self says, I want to take care of my children. That's my true nature. <laughs> but I have to have a boundary up. Well, that doesn't feel natural, but you have to protect that inner sanctum. You have to protect your relationship to self. Otherwise, and we're just talking about in plants here, you can't be a plant that even looks after your child. So there has to be that give and take. There's a balance to everything. And it's really tough to develop those boundaries and realize that when you put up a boundary to the world, the world is going to respond. And they may respond in a way that you're not happy with. And putting up that boundary may create a situation that's very uncomfortable for you. So these coping mechanisms are very simplistic, but they're not easy. They put you face to face with some of your deepest fears and insecurities and discomfort. It's the process. It's the process. Okay. So let's move on to late summer because they're not four seasons in Chinese medicine. There are actually five seasons. There's ways you can go back into literally going back like 2000 years and realize that they would put the harvest in the middle of this four-point axis. It's, and But we're just using worth it. worth discussing, definitely. Yeah, this is something that goes a little deeper, but we're just looking at it linearly and we're putting the harvest right according to all the seasons here. And it's a really big one. The reason it's put at the middle diagram is because we're always receiving an experience. It's not like it only happens after a certain point. It's like every second is a harvest. And every that, second can be within a cycle. Every breath. 
I was just going to say, a cycle. literally, we have the breath, we have seconds, minutes, hours, we have days, weeks, months, seasons. I mean, our whole lives are based on cycles. They happen, right. Things right. start, they grow, they mature, they produce, they decay, they die. And the thing is, Adam- This too shall pass. And it just moves. It just constantly moves. We have no control, no way of stopping the seconds, the minutes, the hours. You just nailed the epicenter of the issue for most people here. Everyone, I think, on some level is we're so desperate to control our lives. We're mm-hmm. so desperate to feel that we have control, that we cling. Right. And the true control we can exert is the way we engage in this process of which we have no control over. It's like hanging on for dear life off a cliff. There you are doing it, kicking and screaming in fight or flight in an inflammatory state or you're doing it in a state of allowance. And allowance feels really vulnerable, but it actually allows us to engage fully. And that's what we're teaching here is how do you let go of the controlling aspects so you can actually exert your power where it's most suited, where you're going to have the most effect to ride the wave of life. Acceptance and release all day long. I think about acceptance and release for every minute just to stay present. Right. Well, that's the back end of the cycle. Acceptance is the harvest. Got to accept the harvest, whether it's rotten fruit or good fruit. No matter what. And then release is letting go of all that came that you were clinging to that defined us and to let ourselves decay into our essence, into Mm -hmm. the part of us that is beneath the form, our true nature, our soul, if you will, or just our consciousness so that we can reconnect on that level. That's where we'll feel love. And do you know how good it feels once you go through that right there? I do. (laughs) It's unbelievable. I was just thinking about it just yesterday, not to get too far off track, but I'm just worried about getting from point A to point B and not offending anyone, just meeting everybody's needs. And the second I realized, accept where you are and just let it go. If you're going to be judged, you're going to be judged. If you're going to be late, you're going to be late. If your kids are not happy with you, they're not happy with you. If your husband's not happy with you, it is such a relieving moment. It's unbelievable. It's like letting go of that cliff. It feels amazing on the back end, right? But to let go of it brings your mind face to face with everything it's trying to control. So it feels like you're committing suicide. For me, it's just before the let go. Those moments are very intense. But the second I release, I don't have those moments. Part of this coping strategy is little by little recognizing when you're holding on (laughs) sooner and so you can let go sooner and you're spending less time in the misery. Preventative. Right? It's just how Mm -hmm. many times are you living your life and you're going through a good phase, you don't give a crap, you're just, ah, this is great, oh yeah, I love it. And then things start going sour and what do we do? We (laughs) cling and we control, like, how do I get it back? How do I get it back? And instead of moving forward and realizing it's over, it's done. It's given me what it's going to give me. It's no longer fun. And this too shall pass. Then you have to let go. You have to accept and release so you can live to play another day. And then maybe you rejoin the same efforts you were doing before, but you have to go through that accepting and release component. Mm. And it's going against your intuition at that point. So Mm. how do we take down that window? Because the longer we wrestle with it, the longer we're miserable. The more inflammation, the more pain, the more suffering. And the more we start having to, like we end up sabotaging right. our lives. And we more create, of a cleanup crew. We create this collateral damage to our lives. Right. And it's like, huh, well, I was in a bad relationship and I stayed in it for two years too long and I was too afraid to leave. So unconsciously I ended up cheating and 
Now right. I got my tires slashed and now this person's <laughs> stalking me. Wow, I don't really enjoy this. If I would have just had some coping skills right. and dealt with the discomfort of letting go of this when it was appropriate, when I saw the signs, I could have avoided all this. And it's not just even avoiding the disaster and the cleanup. It's even that in that time, you could have been productive then. You could have been moving forward. And then in the could have, then you're hanging on to the could have. I should have done this and I should have done that and not being present. Right. So then uh, you have to accept here and then you have to release. And it's right. Literally you're gonna a have constant to cycle. It. You're going to have to accept it at some point. Why not accept it now? Again, this all takes time and practice. Myself, I've been practicing this for 20 years. It's not like I'm not actively engaged in this every day. It's not like right. I get to a point where I'm on cruise control. It's not like that at all. It's actually the opposite. You're engaged, constantly it's, engaged. Which comes down to the premise that this is a relationship with yourself. The mind always makes life about what's the outcome I'm looking for. What ultimately changes when you're engaging in this and you're fighting the mind, no, it's not about the outcome. I need to just move through it and everything passes. What you end up learning is that it's not even about perfecting this cycle. It's about learning how to stay present and choosing myself in every moment and learning how to choose myself when I have to accept it's choosing myself. I don't even know who I am anymore. Mm -hmm. Choosing myself when I'm in the pain and have to release it. That's it. And after you've done the cycle 10,000 times, like Malcolm Gladwell, do it 10,000 times, become mm -hmm. a master, then it changes what it's even about. That's when it really drops in. This feels beautiful. I love it. It feels good. <laughs> Just feels good. It okay. always feels good talking about it. And then you're doing it. You're like, ah, oh, this is the worst thing. <laughs> okay. So moving on to the fall. Okay. The fall. The let go. Well, first of all, getting back to the harvest though. It's also realizing that everything you encounter in life, you can give it a purpose. You just have to know how to use it. When we were talking about the psychedelics the other day with Dr. Harmon, and it was like getting to the point of things can be toxic at one level, things mm. can be medicinal at a level, and you have to know how to use it. Yes. Our life's experiences, they may be toxic in the moment, so we don't want to eat it, right? We don't want to ingest mm -hmm. it, but we still have to release it so it can become valuable in the soil that we can repurpose. And that's the main part of harvest is accepting life, which means sometimes accepting help and accepting love and accepting criticism and accepting pain and accepting joy and inviting it all in so that you can then take what you want from it and ultimately let go of everything Let's left over. Give the visual because I love the visual. So you have an apple tree and you have all these beautiful apples to harvest. And within those beautiful apples, we have some rotten ones, right? And those rotten ones fall down in the ground. I love that visual. Can you go into that? Well, I mean, you don't want to eat that one because you'll get indigestion, right? Right. But if you let it fall to the ground, if you don't get in the way of it, and you're not worried about how it's going to make you look, oh my God, Adam's tree produced a rotten apple. I don't want anyone <laughs> to see my rotten apples. I need everyone to think I'm perfect. So we stuff those rotten apples into nooks and crannies in the tree, which now just invite pestilence into the tree and rots there. And it, we don't want it to decay in the tree. We have no value from that. Or if it's still on the branch, now we don't have room for new growth. But if I can be okay, like, yeah, I had a rotten apple and it's fine. Maybe I made a mistake. Maybe I did something wrong. Maybe this is just part of life. So it's okay. You can all judge me if you want, but I love myself no matter what, enough that I can allow my rotten apples to fall to the ground for everyone to see if they are seen but I'm not going to throw my rotten apples at anyone who might have messed with the branch at that apple. How dare you? You messed up my apple. I want to let that apple drop at my feet, decay, and then that apple, even though it was completely unsuitable for eating and digesting on the front end, decomposes and it becomes nutrient-dense material that I can repurpose through the root system and use it for new growth in a way that I want to grow. 
And that's what you Love do it. with a harvest, um, which takes us right into autumn. And coping for autumn is, for starters, the biggest coping mechanism I think people are all missing, and I talk about it so much with having a temper tantrum, is yes. just allowing ourselves to let go of built up charge. It's my favorite part. This is my favorite, favorite phase. Because it's the biggest thing missing from our society. If our society as a whole let go of the anger, let go of the fear, let go of the judgment, and when I say let go, you can't just snap your fingers and let go, but literally released it. They have the release rooms where you get your anger out, but it's all emotion, everything, just residual from a day, right? I mean, we have a practice, recapitulate our days. We go through our day and remember it. That's the harvest. We're kind of going through and see if there's anything we missed to getting any nutrition from. And also so we can release the leftover, good and bad. And we have to let go of our days. And that looks like just plain and simple. Again, you hate the bathroom analogy. Well, but I do, but it's very applicable. To once here, a so day, go for it. <laughs> once a day, you don't have to understand what you eat. You don't have to dissect it. You don't have to analyze it. You just have to once a day, whatever, hopefully average, you're releasing it. I like the taking out the trash a little bit better. We could do both. I do both. All <laughs> taking out the trash. You have to take the trash out no matter what. You don't need to analyze it. It's in the garbage bag already. But the Release two it. feel fantastic once it happens. Right. But right? it's not an intellectual process is my point. And most people have trouble engaging with the coping mechanism of autumn because they're trying to figure out, how do I let go of my anger? How do I let go of my fear? And the problem is that our minds try to control the process Sure. when it's not a controlling thing, it's a releasing thing. I know you know this. I talk about it a lot, but I have a recurring dream since the beginning of time, since I can remember. But the recurring dream is I'm hanging on a cliff or I got into a car accident and the car is hanging on a cliff. I remember the most recent one on a canyon and there's just tons of water, fast running water down below me and I have to choose to let go. And it is the most phenomenal feeling. I love the dream. I don't love the dream when I'm in it right there, but then I realize almost that I'm in the dream or I'm in the moment and I know what I have to do. And it's just a phenomenal feeling. And I think I've told you too before that when I was in my car accident and I wasn't wearing a seatbelt, but it's just the dreams always bring me right back to that day or that night mm. of the car was flipping. And I remember the glass completely shattering and I felt it on my face. I felt it everywhere. And I remember letting go and just being loose and uh, limp. No, no, no. It's a good I know, thing. but I get like the heebie-jeebies just thinking about it. I don't. It really is the most beautiful, peaceful feeling, actually. I love going back to that moment of just letting go and releasing and relaxing. I can and totally relate because when I get into bed at night, it's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> I totally had the same experience when I get into bed at night. Put my head down, this glass shattering. And, uh, the release, the best. But yeah, the ability to do that, everything instinctively you would think at that point would tell you, hold on yes. and brace. The control, trying control. to control, but the release of the, the control is you know, That's why beautiful. when people would think no car accidents, when people are inebriated and they end up having much less injury yeah, right. than people that aren't because they're just They're not relaxed. hanging on. Absolutely. It's a hard one to relearn, but that becomes the coping mechanism. How right. do we train ourselves to become limp so we can release what's inside of us? And again, if we don't do that, we end up walking around with residual from our life, whether it's residual, I'm holding on to that I was MVP of the football team when I was right. in high school, positive things, but now ego-laced identifications that don't let us be present. Or if it's the pain from a breakup, right? right. The insecurity that someone's going to leave me. 
And it's just all of this needs to be let go of, needs to be released. Go back to your analogy of the one that's my favorite of going to the bathroom. Because if you're hanging on and you don't release everything, then you've got poopy cramps all day long, right? <laughs> or if you, you don't allow it, if you don't really allow good. your sphincter to really <laughs> blow open, it's gonna be you can get a hemorrhoid. I mean, fall. That's fall. And then there's other people. So it's also what what's tied into that. The coping mechanism is tied into a lot of times our self worth. Okay. Because if our self worth is tied into what manifests on our tree, right? What's mm-hmm. on display, we're going to control it. Some people that are so afraid of what's inside them or what's not inside them that they walk around and they try to embellish themselves. Is this metal? This is the metal element. Okay. And so maybe they're driving a fancy car, they wear uh, a lot of bling, or they have certain letters at the end of their name. I have doctor, I'm a whatever. Gosh. They need something to give them worth. And but when you really, do that, it's not allowing you to let go of the stuff that doesn't have worth. Again, we can all say the fecal matter that hits the toilet water <laughs> doesn't have much worth in that moment, right? Again, if we didn't flush it down, it would be amazing fertilizer, Mm -hmm. right? If we're going to judge ourselves on what comes out as byproduct, and if we think that determines, oh my God, I'm a shitty person. Well, all of a sudden, I don't want anyone to see that. So now I'm holding on to fertilizer, which is going to improve my life moving forward. I don't give myself that. All the while, I'm so afraid people are going to see that I have to project this image of Mm -hmm. that I am better, um, more valued than shit. That's got to be a lot of energy. It's very exhausting. And then on, again, the other side of that lane are people that are like, screw everyone. I don't need to prove my worth. In fact, I so reject materialism and all of that, that I don't even need to shower. I'm going to wear raggedy clothes. Well, that's disgusting. But there's people that are just like, (laughs) I don't want to even be in this game. I'm so afraid of being judged as less than, but I'm going to beat you to the punch. I'm going to bring my life to such a base level that you can't even judge me at all. And they're afraid. So they're still married to this whole idea, this whole concept of self-worth. They're just going to beat you to the punch. It's no different if we back up a season into the harvest. The harvest, a lot of times, a healthy harvest, you accept gifts, you accept abundance. And there are some people that feel they have such a lack inside, they're always seeking sympathy, right? They're like, woe is me. Like they always want to be complained. They always want a shoulder. And, but there's other people, the opposite, that are like, maybe they got let down. Maybe their parents weren't there for them when they needed them, or they've just been let down so many times. They're like, screw this. I don't want to feel this pain. I don't need anyone. I'll do this myself. And then it becomes this badge of honor and courage. Like I can do this myself. And then they no longer allow abundance into their lives because they're afraid of being hurt, really. You don't want to be disappointed. Right. Right. So you don't even get excited about anything. You You keep an even keel. Right. And what happens then is you're not nourishing yourself. You're not allowing yourself to be nourished and you become hardened and interestingly, end up craving sweets. You binge on sweets. (laughs) Is that true? Yeah. That's interesting. Can that go in phases where you recognize I'm craving sweets and I'm in this phase or not necessarily? Yeah. Well, generally we'll crave sweets when we're stressed out, when our life has become a little hard and edgy. Or when it's Halloween and you have an extreme (laughs) amount of candy in your house because of your children. (laughs) Totally. Sweet is nice. Sweet's a good flavor and it's very comforting. And so when we're seeking comfort, we will crave sweet. Okay. So moving on. So that's autumn. This is a good time to wrap this up. Winter. Winter. Death. I mean, it's the ultimate fear. And in Chinese medicine, winter, that's the emotion of winter is fear. And we should have an appropriate relationship, right? Like fear is okay to have. I need to have some fear to know not to run into the middle of the highway. I need to know limitations in the realm that we're living in. Right. 
So it's okay. But when it becomes too much, it holds us back. And that becomes winter where we have to become so still, so nothing. We're not clinging to one thing and we're going within. So you have to have really big faith that you're going to come out the other side, Sure, that you're not going to lose yourself in the process. And it's really difficult. So a lot of people that can't cope through this phase of the cycle, they will kind of want to jump through it. They're like, let's create something new. We have to be excited about something. Right. Let's keep moving. Oh, we're being lazy right now. Right. We got to do, do, do. Because there's such a disconnect at that depth within that it just feels like an abyss. And we don't let ourselves replenish and reconnect to that infinite source of love that really comes beyond form so that we can then infuse that back into our lives. We're too scared to sink that deep. So even sleep is a Sleep is the representation. Right. right. Perfect. So let's give some examples. I know you have already, but let's give some examples of what that looks like on the, both sides. The most basic is look at our culture. It's yeah. everything's based on outward productivity. I could make a very strong case. I don't even think it's an, it's not even a question. What we get in autumn, the value of autumn, the nutrients that go back in and clearing the tree, massive productivity for the life cycle of the tree. What happens in winter? It's all happening under the surface, right. but it's massively productive under the surface. Our culture does not value those two aspects of what's required to continue to renew and grow. Not even vacation. People look down on vacation. Like, People look down right. on taking a day off. Yeah. I just had a client and he had taken off just to come in for a massage. And I said, oh, are you going back to work? And he said, no. He was really excited when he answered, no, I'm going to go and do something. But then something clicked inside of him and his whole look changed. After I do that, then I'm going to go back to work and then I'm going to work double time. I was like, hey, buddy, you don't need to, you don't have to do that to me. I'm not judging you. (laughs) Right. But that's the thing. There's this internal judge that is saying our value is based on how much we produce. It's based on how valuable our boss thinks we are. Right. And if our boss says we're valuable, then we're valuable. And I need that to feel good about myself. Or I need people at work to think that I'm pulling my weight or whatever it is. And we don't let ourselves get the full value of winter, which is this period of stillness above the surface so we can replenish within. And it's that replenishment within that ultimately fuels us to go back out and be productive outwardly. So it becomes this yin and yang cycle where you need both aspects. You need this outward production and this inward production, and they create this kind of engine, this piston action that propels us forward in life and keeps us moving. So it's that fear and learning how to sit in the stillness and start realizing that not only does it not leave us behind, it actually sets us up to be more productive, but again, it's a coping mechanism that's required. So we've just kind of briefly just gone over all the phases here. Real quick, if you get three hours of sleep at night, you're not going to be very productive the next day. If you get eight hours of sleep, you're going to be very productive. Okay, we can move on. This is what we utilize. When people come in to me, and whether coming in for just acupuncture or the coaching counseling part, everything is based on this. Everything. Because this is what we want. We want to get back in the rhythm with our lives. We want to be able to know how to get back in touch with the essence of who we are. So we have a true North Star to be aiming towards for the decisions we make and the actions we take. And we need to know how to get the most out of our lives so we can grow and learn ultimate, and renew ourselves. Ultimate coping strategy. Ultimate. It's the coping strategy that envelops all other coping strategies within them, right? There's these little coping strategies along the way that we hopefully touched upon today. But the ultimate coping strategy is just understanding 
the basic cycle of life and how we can apply it to any situation we're in and apply it to the totality of our being. So that's just a very broad introduction. When I work with a patient with this, it's like what we talked about today is like the first layer. It goes so much deeper and it becomes so much more nuanced. It's so fun. I love it so much. But this is just today, this, and then we'll start having some podcasts that bring up people's situations. And we want to show you firsthand how this looks in real life, like the situations we end up in and how we can break this down and look at it in a way that we can make sense of it and not get lost in the emotional spider web that keeps us locked in for months or years. Sounds wonderful. All right. That's it. Until next week, (laughs) nothing but love.